Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tribune Audio Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. It's been 10 years since the world lost one of its true originals in the music industry. Louis Belson was born in Rock Falls, but grew up in the Quad Cities before becoming a world-class drummer and an inspiration to generations of musicians, including a drummer who continues to make a name for himself. Today in our area, and joining us is Josh Duffy, who is celebrating the music of Louis Belson in a special concert this Wednesday That's right. in Sterling. Where did this all come about? Uh, this came about, um, I got a call in January from uh, members of the Sterling, Sterling Municipal Band, their directors and their commission, and they had asked me if I wanted to be the featured guest artist. And I was shocked, I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be wonderful. And I've played in that ensemble, my wife continues to play in that ensemble, and it's one of the longest running uh, community bands in the country. And so all this came about, and then I was thinking, well, we could do a, like a Louis Belson concert, because this is the 10 year anniversary of his passing. Mm -hmm. He would have been 95 this year, so what a time to do it, and what a place in the community where he was born at, with the Rock Falls Sterling community up there. Well, let's be honest, you have an amazing link to Louis Belson. Yeah. And, and so many similarities as well, but let's talk about how you first met him and fell in love with what you do so well. Yeah, it was back in 1996. I met Louis at Wallenberg Hall at Augustana College and he had come into town to do a drum clinic and there was a group in the area called the Kabbalas and the drummer, mm -hmm. Joel Dick, was my drum teacher and he said, you gotta go see Louis Belson. And this is before I had like a picture of what he looked like or anything. So I'm sitting in the hall and I see this kind of older gentleman get up on stage and I'm like, is that Louis Belson? And all of a sudden he starts playing and my jaw drops because he's talking to the audience as he's doing a very hard rudiment on the snare drum. Then he sits behind the drum set and plays like he's 16 years old. And you were 16 And I years was old 16, yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that. How is he doing that? But then he took time to ask um, the audience if they had any questions. And he wanted to make it such an educational event because he really cared about the youth. And that moment really turned my career musically because I saw him play and I went home immediately and started practicing and like, I want to play like that. And so I got really into that music, but then he was also into the history. And so I'd ask him questions and he always remembered my name, which I'm thinking, you see thousands of people. How do you remember my name? And so he'd say, hey, Josh, who do you have a question about? And I'd say, how about Zooty Singleton or Baby Dodds? And he goes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the stories would flow with a yeah. line of people behind me wanting his autograph. He goes, oh, they can wait. I've got stories <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> well, I mean, is it the, what got you hooked was the the fluidity, the fluidity of how we played, the, the, the way it looked like it was just seamless and anybody could do it? Yeah, he made it look so easy, but he made the drums sound musical. And that's the approach that he took. Instead of just banging on them, he's like, each drum has a tone to it. The cymbals have tones, and you have to have that creative aspect when you sit behind it. He goes, this is a performing art. He goes, we're all mm -hmm. artists. And so he goes, every drummer, it's like you're, you're painting a picture on a canvas when you're doing a solo or you're playing. He goes, primarily, you have to lay the groove down, and that's your job. He goes, but when it's 
your time to open up and do a solo, then that's when you can be really creative. Mm -hmm. But when I saw him on stage and every solo was different, but he had the technique and the rudimental knowledge to go with all the playing, that was the big picture that I saw. Now, if I remember correctly, he pretty much got started when he was 16, 17 years old as well. Right, yeah, and so he had first seen like a marching band and he had told his dad, he goes, that's what I want to play because he saw the drum section. He goes, I, I want to do that. And so the beautiful thing about living in the Quad Cities is that there's still people living that know Louis Belson and Absolutely. knew him. Absolutely. And like people talking about how they'd walk down along Fifth Avenue and hear Louis practicing in the Belson Music Store down there at mm -hmm. 1713 Fifth Avenue. So I'm like, wow, oh my gosh. And then the gentleman who drove Louis to the train station after the graduation in 1942 he's still living Dave Cox and he's like yeah I, I loaded Louis drums and him into the, in my car and we went to the station and off we went and it's like where else in the country could I hear a story like that right here in the Quad Cities is well, the best place it's so interesting because you are so linked with Vic Spiderbeck yeah the jazz scene here in the Quad Cities and then of course as a drummer right. it would be Louis Belson as right. well you kind of forget the wealth of the music that had grown up here in the Quad Cities. Exactly. This area is so rich with history of jazz music, going from Bix playing with Gene Goldkett's band and Paul Whiteman and then passing away in 1931. And pretty much it's kind of where you pick up with Louis Belson because then he was at Moline High School in the late 30s, right. then had his first job with Ted Fiorito in 1942, and then got the biggest call of them all to play with Benny Goodman in the same year. And this is right after Goodman had his Carnegie Hall concert four years early, earlier with Gene Krupa playing. And like, how can this be? Two of right. these icons coming from the same area, just across the river in different states. Is Louis Belson's inspiration to you somehow instilled in you that you're trying to pass it on and pay it forward to the next generation? Th that's exactly it. And, and that's why my wife and I decided to stay here and live and teach music. But then the, the culture of Bix and Louis Belson, like this is something I can share my entire life and keep their legacy going and encourage the young musicians like Louis did for me back when I was 16 years old. I never know which students I'm reaching out in the audience like he reached me that day. There could be somebody out there that's a drummer or a musician of any other instrument that they get inspired by what they're hearing and they can see that I'm living my dream of what I heard 20 some years ago now and then they have that same opportunity to do what I'm doing today. Well so many people only know Louis Belson from who he was associated with in so many ways. Right. The fact that he was married to Pearl Bailey. Yeah. The fact that he was associated with Johnny Carson in so many different right. ways. Right. But in, in your world of Louis Belson he's so very much more. Yeah he, he was a personal friend of mine and I was honored to play at the private family burial in 2009. Then a year later Later, I was asked by Louis's wife to come back and play a drum solo at the dedication of his marker at Riverside Cemetery in Moline. I mean, two opportunities that I cherish to this day to, to be able to do that for Louis. And then when she called me and was just like, "We, I want to give you one of Louis's drum sets, I about passed out. I was going to say, if you're going to talk about being cherished yeah. about something, that would be it. Oh, and yeah. people are going to get a chance to hear that drum set. They're going to get the chance to hear it. They're going to get the chance to see it. And if they want their picture taken with it, it's going to be on stage where you can get right next to Louis's drums. And this was only one of seven drum sets he had around the world. And he kept them in like Japan, Europe, and the States. So he didn't have to always ship them where he was going from out of California. So this is the set that he had in California and it just so happened to meet in the St. Louis area when it was being passed through there to pick it up. But this is the one that he used for a lot of his gigs, uh, publicity photos. And so every time I sit behind this kit, mm -hmm. I go back to when I was 16, remembering him sit behind the same exact kit at Wallenberg Hall. And I think, who would have thought all these years later that this would be happening right now? Well, this is going to be at Centennial uh, Hall at uh, Sterling High School. That set. That's right. You, you play so many different drum sets. <laughs> That's Does right. this one have a certain 
I don't know, a certain timber or a certain magic to it? It, it has the magic with the two bass drums that Louis invented in the 1940s. He was the one, the pioneer of that, to have two bass drums, so it added more of a the rumbling and thundering effect instead of just one drum. Which people will love. Exactly. And what makes me laugh is when you hear all these metal drummers today doing this hard rock music, it all started with Louis Belson doing yeah. that in the 40s with big band music. But that was his signature, was two bass drums, but he has symbols that he hand-picked himself that are going to be on this drum set. And and the approach to the drums, when you just look at it, you can just think, what was Louis thinking musically when he played this? And so that's what I'm going to try to get out in my playing. And we're going to be playing Sing Sing Sing, which he played with Benny Goodman's band. We're going to be doing Caravan, which he played with Duke Ellington's band. A piece he composed called Thundering Drums for a concert band for the Midwest Band Clinic. And then he had connections with Sammy Nestico, who's a great jazz arranger. And the piece is called Salute to American Jazz. So we had a lot of pieces throughout the years that were very influential in American culture. And in some ways, for four songs that are signature for him. Exactly, yes. We're well, really looking forward to that once again. Josh Duffy, you're going to be with the uh, 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 Sterling Municipal Symphony Band. That's right. At Centennial Hall at Sterling High School coming up Wednesday. 7 p.m. free concert. The price is right. Buddy. You got that it's, right. It's the music's going to be worth more than that. Great <laughs> exactly. memories too as well. So once again, check out that. Uh, the details are also at the uh, uh, Sterling Symphony, uh, Sterling Municipal Symphony Band's website easy for me to say. Once again, it's coming up Wednesday starting at 7 o'clock on the air, on the radio, on the web, and on your mobile device. Thanks for taking some time to join us as we talk about the issues on The Cities. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT PBS for the Quad Cities region. Tribune Audio Network.